Welcome back to another episode of In Swine Versation. Coming full circle with the family farm, 150 years in pig production with Dr. Peter Schneider from Schneider Pork Farms. Welcome, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, I know I've followed you on Twitter for a while, so this is a great uh, a great interview we've been waiting to have. What's your story? You're in Iowa and 150 years of farming. Is that right? Yeah, so the, the the farm has been in our family for 150 years now. Um, you know, so it uh, it's I think I feel like that's quite a feat given you know the state of the industry today to some extent, and um, you know again an operational farm yet. Um, and I think it's it's pretty cool, and we're kind of proud of that. So the farm you know goes back a long time, and and you know really up into the point uh, where my dad um, came back to the farm. It, um, it was kind of a diversified livestock. And a row crop operation from a standpoint of we had multiple species. So grandpa had dairy cows and pigs and chickens and ducks and all that good stuff, along with some corn and um, soybeans and oats and you name it, you know. Um, so fairly traditional model for back then. And yeah, when my dad graduated high school, he, he wanted to be part of the farm. And and really at that point in time, I think he had no interest in milking dairy cows and uh, taking care of ducks. And so those kind of went down the road and dad started focusing more on, um, on just the hogs and, and then the row crop uh, production. Um, in addition to that, he also worked um, off the farm full time as a, as a welder and did that for a number of years at uh, different uh, organizations in town, including John Deere. And, and so I, you know, that was, uh, you know, something, some way that he could stay involved with the farm, but also bring a skill back and, uh, and learn that trade and then, and be able to provide that as, as a um, service to the farm which has been pretty beneficial for us. So um, we then, uh, I guess like in 1997, uh, we, we expanded, dad expanded the farm. So we, we built a brand new nursery. And, and up until that point, it was kind of the, the model of, uh, you know, everything was on one site. We had a farrowing house, pigs got weaned to the hot nursery, then moved to the cold nursery, then to the grower and the finisher, and um, and then finally off the farm. But everything was really on one site. And so at that point in time, I think, you know, dad was, you know, kind of hearing about the disease and things that were going around and say, hey, this multiple site model probably makes some sense. And so um, we got uh, uh, got rid of the the nurseries there on site and built a brand new nursery down the roadways. Um, and then at that point in time, expanded the southward from 300 sows to 700 sows. And then our next expansion was in uh, 2014. We uh, our facilities were getting a little bit dated at the time. We needed to make some decisions about what to do, and so we built a brand new gestation barn and added some farrowing and, and expanded the herd to 1,200 sows. Um, we we were always been group housing. Um, uh, we used to have the old drop box feeders from the ceiling and pens of 20 to 30 sows. Um, and uh, I think with the technology and obviously with electronic sow feeding, we we were kind of starting to see that come out at that point in time and. And that looked like it was an option that was um, a really good way to to manage sow condition and, and help ourselves out a bit on that end. So we went with the Need App electronic sow feeding stations in our barn, and and um, I think that's been a really good move for us in terms of being able to manage our herd a little bit better. So, so yeah, that's um, you know kind of the evolution over time, I guess. And then obviously my involvement after I graduated from school have been in, been involved um, with the farm. Uh, both on the grain and the the livestock side, and and staying pretty busy with that. Um, in addition to to working in, as a veterinarian as well. So, so your pigs are sold to Tyson in Waterloo, Iowa, and JBS in Marshalltown, Iowa. 
Yeah, yep, correct. We've had um, kind of a long-term relationship with both um, and uh, kind of nice to have that uh, diversity there in terms of folks to sell to, you know, as we went through the, the COVID year and it was, you know, kind of hard to get loads sometimes and, you know, having that relationship multiple places, I think kind of was was a beneficial deal and um, we've been good partners to work with on our end. So you're a producer and a vet. So what made you want to be a veterinarian and what do you see as trends in the industry? Yeah. So, you know, I think and as a kid, I remember having the veterinarian come out and uh, thought that was always really neat to to spend some time with the vet and walk through the farm. And we um, we had the pseudorabies elimination there during the uh, I think it was the 90s. And so we had to do the bleeds on that. And I was I helped out with those things. And and again, it was just always kind of enamored with the veterinarian when they were out and thought uh, thought it was pretty, pretty neat. So um kind of had the interest from that point and and again thinking about what I could bring back to the farm so dad had brought back the skills and welding and the metal fabrication um you know through his time um, working in town on those jobs and and he's done you know excellent work on the farm and 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 um, helping us out uh, with uh you know again um fixing things and and uh making um you know whether it be a hog cart or um uh, you know re reconstructing crates and gates and whatnot else so that's it's been good and and i think again i just what can i bring back to the farm to help make us competitive and and help make us better and and you know the veterinary piece really was um was something I thought that uh, that I could I could do and and have the opportunity to get to that school and and um, has been good for us. So, from a standpoint of you know trends in, in the industry, um, you know again I, I the biggest thing I go back to with my veterinary career is is disease. You know and and it doesn't seem like that thing is is slowing down a heck of a lot for us and seems to be more challenges every day with, um, you know, the diseases we have, um, the PERS seem to be getting a little bit more virulent at times. And, and, uh, you know, even, uh, the influenza seems to be a little tougher on some groups and we're always talking more about E. coli as, as well as other bugs. And so, um, certainly those are the pieces that um, kind of keep me up at night, probably a little bit more. Um, and, uh, and obviously, you know, with, uh, uh, for animal diseases, we're, we're talking about pretty aggressively now too. So, you know, that's certainly a trend and, and a hot topic that we have in the industry, um, you know, and, and we also um, always talk about, you know, labor. And that's uh, definitely a trend that seems like it's it's always harder and harder to get uh, local people to want to come and be part of the pig production. Um, that's obviously it's tough work and, and whatnot. And so, you know, we're, um, we're always talking about how we get labor, how we retain labor and, and what we do to make sure that, um, we have well-qualified and trained people to, to work in our industry, right? We always want to make sure we're taking the best care of the animals we can. And, and, uh, you know, that's a piece that we focus on a lot, um, is, is making sure we get everybody trained and, and, uh, and keep them around. Cause you think there's more to lose if we don't keep people trained and, and happy in the industry? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, as as we go through and we lose individuals that we've spent time to to get trained and to to get into positions, and and they're doing an excellent job. You know, if there's a job in town that's competing in salary or in with wages, and uh, you know, a few dollars more, well, you can't necessarily fault somebody for for going and and taking that job. So you know, we've always got to we've always got to work to do our best in terms of um, keeping our industry competitive from a, a compensation standpoint. So. Hey, it may not be that, um, you know, we, we we can always hit the dollar figure that they could do from going to work at a factory in town or something. But I think we can provide a little bit uh, more job satisfaction, you know, with um, just the the right people that really care about taking care of the animals um, and 
we can always, you know, again, stress that point. And then, and then it's the personal touch about, Hey, you know, doing a great job and, and making sure that, um, that they feel like they're always learning something. I think people really like to learn um, as, as a rule. And, and again, if we continue to, to bring information and knowledge and continue to have those conversations about, um, you know, these different points, I think people really appreciate that and find satisfaction in that um, within, within our industry. So, you know, stressing those points and, and, and seeing those people as, as um, you know, in, in important integral pieces of what we do is, is, uh, is pretty critical. So with consolidation and vertical integration, people think the industry is going to continue down the trajectory to shrink. Do you think this is going to keep happening? <laughs> well, you know, I wish my crystal ball was better. I um, I can consult it every day and it, it just kind of gives me question marks most of the time. But, um, you know, certainly that's been the trend and, and for a number of different reasons, right? I think, you know, from my standpoint as a veterinarian, Diseases are, are, are a tough deal. And, you know, we have small independent farmers, uh, family farmers that say we only have one sow farm. You know, if um, if we have a disease break, well, that's that's 100 percent of our production that's affected on a yearly basis versus you get to a, a company that maybe has uh, four or five, six sow farms or more. And, and if they have a disease break at one, well, that's, you know, that's a much smaller portion of their um, overall output that's uh, affected. So again, you know, economically, it's probably a little bit easier to withstand those things than it is um, for a smaller uh, producer. Um, and, uh, and again, you know, the risk management piece of it is, is never getting easier either. And so, uh, you know, as independent farmers, we wear a lot of different hats, right? So we're, we're in the barns on a daily basis. Basis. We're, um, you know, consulting with our nutritionists and working on that and our veterinarians and working on that. Um, we're also their HR department for our farms and, you know, payroll and, and you name it. So there's a lot of different things to do and, and it's a little bit harder to um, to balance all that. So, again, the risk management becomes extremely critical and um, maybe a little bit harder for us to do at times. But but I do think that, um, you know, the independent producers have an advantage in a lot of things. And, and if we look at it from, you know, biosecurity aspect of it, um, I always say, you know, how can we limit our exposure to the outside world, right? What can we do to um, be as self-sufficient as possible? And I think, you know, as independent producers, we, we've we got the abilities to say, okay, we're going to have a, a truck and trailer. We're going to move our own hogs and haul our own hogs. And and um, we have less people coming into our farms and we have maybe less reliance on outside services. Um, certainly, you know, again, if we do our own on-farm feed mixing and, and delivery, you know, we, we can really control those outside exposures. And, and I think that gives us an advantage from a biosecurity aspect to, to make it better for us and keep our pigs healthier and be, um, be competitive that way. But, but also, I think we also provide or, or have the opportunity to be more flexible than maybe some larger production systems that say, you know, this is something that's going to take a little bit more, um, you know, critical management. And maybe we don't quite have the people of it. But when you're starting to talk about independent producers and family farmers, you know, our, our livelihoods depend on uh, those farms being competitive. And, and, you know, so every day we're there, we're, we're hey, we, you know, we're thinking about all the critical aspects and making sure we're addressing those and, and very mindful of, of the fact that if um, our pigs get sick or something goes wrong, that that's uh, directly affecting our ability to feed our families and whatnot. So um, I think, again, we've got the ability to be flexible and, 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 and on that end and, and, um, and maybe meet some of those uh, markets that uh, you know others don't want to go to so th there's definitely opportunities is the new version of family farming going to be direct to consumer 
you know, I, I think that the direct to the consumer piece is 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 pretty intriguing. Um, you know, and and I think it kind of depends on the scale of the farm too, right? So, you know, if we're going to market uh, thirty thousand pigs a year, it's going to be really hard to to probably find enough people to do direct to consumer for for all those head. But you know, I think the thing that's pretty interesting on that is it gives us a really direct route of communication. Um, and transparency to the people that are eating um, our pork. And so from a standpoint of, um, uh, of good for the industry, I think there's a lot there. And um, I think that uh, the, the individual farmers, the small independent uh, producers, I, I think they've got um, uh, you know, a lot of ability to, to make a few extra bucks through that direct to um, consumer marketing. But uh, but again, it takes some work too, right? And you know we've got all those other hats to wear, and sometimes that piece is kind of hard. But hey, those that that want to do it and and they're doing a good job, and and I think that's they found it pretty beneficial for them. So what about social media and Twitter? I think uh, Twitter's been a good opportunity to connect farmers together, and then with consumers, you have you have an active Twitter feed. I know yet you, you have a community in the pork industry you talk to. Varying opinions. How's this platform helped you, if at all, in the pig business? Well, you know, as you said, there, um, it's um, it, it's for me, it's been beneficial to be able to to talk with producers really around the world um, and um, have have got to see their experiences and and the challenges and the joys of production that they um, get to get to experience. Um, it's kind of neat to pick their brains on how. Hey, how are you managing this problem, right? You know, for instance, we, uh, you know, group housing and and uh, uh, you know, open pen gestation is 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 probably a little bit uh, you know newer to us in the states to some extent. Um, you know, and, and even open pen farrowing, and and there's others in the world that have done that for a longer time. So it's kind of fun to say, hey, you know, I've got this concern or this issue that I'm working on, and and um, you know, Twitter's kind of given us that uh, ability to to talk with others that we probably would never have had. Um, the opportunity to talk with, you know, in the past. And so, um, so yeah, you know, there, there's, there's a ton of good things about that for our industry and, and when we can learn, I, I there's really nothing more fun than getting to a, a pig conversation on Twitter and, and you got five or six people kind of giving input and talking about certain things. So I, I really do enjoy that. So you use it for learning, education and entertainment? Yeah, yeah. How those things kind of blend together a little bit, um, you know, for me, and I don't do a very good job of separating my personal life and my work life a lot of times. And my my personal life really revolves around pigs as much as anything, too. So, you know, it, it's 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 really kind of encompassed a lot of those things for me. And, uh, you know, it, and I would say that I've made friends uh, in the pork industry through Twitter. So, again, there's uh, there's a lot of benefits on that end that I've, I've really enjoyed and, and uh, have given me entertainment as well as education for sure. So Twitter to baseball. I know you're a baseball fan. Um, yeah. I saw you have a baseball card when you're with the Waterloo Bucks. What's the story, Peter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I, uh, I was able, fortunate enough, I guess, to play uh, baseball in college. And uh, the Waterloo Bucks team is a local team that is a, is a summer college team. And so a bunch of guys from um, colleges all across the country go play, you know, for the team in the summertime. And so I had the opportunity to do that. And uh uh, you know, it's uh, they they printed up these cards. It was kind of cool, and you know, at the time, it was kind of a. Uh, it was I think I was uh, imi imitating Bo Jackson or one of the other uh, professional baseball players in my pose there, but it was really kind of just more of a of a fun deal. But uh, anyways, no, it was a uh, it was a good opportunity, a good time, and and 
uh, yeah, those days were good. So you didn't crack the bat. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, I, I think I've, I tried that a few times with a bat that I had already broke, you know, on a, on a hit in the pitch. And uh, <laughs> I, I think it hurt me more than the bat. So I, I, I did not try that. No. Yeah, because I'm looking at the photo and I'm like, yeah, that is Bo Jackson, like from 1990, I think, when yeah. he was with the yeah. Royals, Kansas City. Now, what about Jersey Red? So back to the pigs. What's your opinion on the Duroc or the better tasting pork the Genesis is promoting about a better tasting product? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have a ton of firsthand experience with the, the Jersey Red product. I do have um, one client that uses it in in, in the veterinary world. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I think, you know, what, what they're trying to do to create a better tasting product, a better eating experience is exactly what we need to do as an industry. Um, I think we need to keep the consumer, um, you know, happy with the product and the eating experience. And and I really applaud, you know, Genesis for going that direction in terms of saying, hey, listen, this is this is going to meet that that market need, and and this is going to keep consumers interested in what we have to do. Um, and I really, you know, again, continue to hope that our genetic companies continue to work on that too, right? We focus so much on average daily gains and feed conversions and all the other metrics that are part of the profitability of our industry, but. Um, you know, again, if, if our if, if if pork is looked at as, you know, just a well, this is a protein option, um, you know, that's OK. But I you know, we I think we really want you know pork to be looked at as, hey, this is a this is a great eating experience. Right. You know, I want to keep coming back to this and buying this product. And so whatever we can do to keep consumers excited about pork, I think, is what we need to keep doing. And that that's that's improving the quality of the of the meat. And and so, like I said, again, good, good for Genesis to be looking at that. And, and I hope this trend continues in our industry. What about thoughts on disease control or biosecurity? Yeah, you know, it's it's extremely critical and, and uh, probably spend as much of my time thinking about that and working on that and both my own farm and with my clients as anything. Um, you know, it's 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 hard and it's tough and biosecurity is not an easy thing. I don't think we need to turn it into something that seems like it's the Mount Everest of our challenges. Um, but, um, you know, we certainly need to be mindful and, and thinking about how can we do this so we can get ourselves to be um, as good as possible. And it may not be perfect. Right. But um, we don't want to let uh, the, the pursuit of perfect be the, the enemy of, of, of getting to be good. And so. Um, you know, I, I think um, we've done we've gone a long way since PED, and as we continue to talk about African swine fever and other foreign animal diseases, we're talking more about how do we get trucks washed, how do we manage our feed deliveries and biosecurity on those ends. Um, and for me, you know, it's it's the pigs too, right? You know, I think we need to think about how we enter our gilts into our farms and 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 what we do from a disease and, and disease monitoring standpoint. Um, you know, I work with the Iowa State, you know, University Veterinary Diagnostic Lab, and and, uh, and they've made it so easy to get diagnostics submitted anymore, right? They've got labels we can print off for um, shipping with uh, with a good qual with a good price on on the shipping of the those things overnight, and submissions are easy now we can do all those online um there's just so many reasons why there's there's no excuses to get um, our diagnostics submitted and do a better job of that end so you know certainly it's it's a it's a it's a piece that um every farm needs to focus on and, and i certainly focus on quite a bit you ready for a few rapid fire questions yeah let's hit it thoughts on open pen gestation uh continuing to grow within the industry 
cutting edge technology like ESF, what's most useful? Yeah, you know, I think we've just started hitting the uh, the tip of the iceberg on those things. Um, I think, you know, the precision farming that's happened in row crops with GPS and whatnot, we're really just starting to try to implement that in the swine side. And, you know, from a feeding standpoint, uh, from a data collection standpoint, and um, from a farm management standpoint, there's some really cool technology out there. And I'm not even probably aware of it all. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's going to make our lives a lot easier as we continue to adapt these pieces. Favorite baseball team? The Cleveland Guardians. Has that been for a long time? <laughs> yeah, everybody was a Braves fan back in the, their mid-90s when they played the Braves in the World Series. And um, being a contrarian, I guess, I uh, started rooting for them, and they had a pretty good run of success, so I, I stick with them. 1995, I think they lost one nothing in Game 7 against yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, what about humane and safe handling? Well, we again, it's it's the right thing to do, and we have to continue to be good at it and train it. Um, and uh, and and we've got to make sure that uh, we're we're always doing the right thing for the pigs. Have you been to the Field of Dreams site in Iowa? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a few years. I haven't. I think uh, it was actually purchased by somebody or another outfit here um, a few years ago, and they redid a lot of stuff and. Uh, but uh, been there before. It's been a couple of years. I'll take the kids here at some point in time. And I think that uh, game they've been playing there with the major leagues, um, you know, once a summer or whatever, has been a really neat deal. I, I know I watched the first one I missed last year's, but uh, I hope they continue doing that. It's kind of a cool story. Who's your role model and why? Well, that's uh, it's uh, my father is is my role model, and and I think it's it's probably you know again most uh, most uh, young guys is is role model I suppose you know growing up is is always look up to your dad and and what they're doing and and whatnot. But you know the biggest thing for my father is that he's he's been an extremely hard worker and he's always put the family first and uh, wanting to create opportunities for me and being involved with the farm and so. You know, I, I really hope that I can replicate that and and uh, do the same thing for my kids and um, and continue to make our farm a viable opportunity for them long term. We got one more question, Peter. If you are in charge of our industry moving forward as a whole, what are two steps you would implement to drive success? Well, you know, going back to the conversation about the the Jersey Red and and uh, you know the eating experience, I, I, I you know I think that we need to continue to um, you know make consumers see pork as as a, a high quality product um, in a high quality eating experience, and and I think we need to continue to uh, show them that hey, pork is is a pretty versatile uh, uh, meat, and and you know it can stand alone on its own, and you know with with different cooking options. It can also be part of, of a meal as, as kind of you know, an accent to something else. But, um, you know, I don't think we do a, a good enough job sometimes really promoting um, the, the growth of, of pork, um, you know, within the industry, especially or within the states and, 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 and you know, domestically. Um, you know, we kind of see that uh, pork um, uh, consumption has plateaued. And, uh, and I think it's just because folks really don't necessarily know what to do with it. So I know I've cooked a bunch of food. Uh, some pork for people and they're like wow we didn't realize pork could be this good and and i by no means i'm a great chef um but uh, you know i think it's something that um, you know we really want to continue to push so that's something i do is is try to again increase the awareness of pork as a great quality product um within the industry 
uh, or within the within the the consumer base that or the consumers that are going to eat pork. Um, and the other thing would continue to to work on how we. Um, you know, continue to grow the labor force or continue to to contain or keep labor within the industry. And so um, really wanting to push, um, you know, again, making sure we're, we're staying competitive with with wages and and um, competitive options. And, and just, again, the quality of life that uh, you can get from working with pigs and, and the satisfaction of it. I think we need to continue that. Really loved your insight, Peter. Thanks for joining us on In Swineversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.